And then this uh, 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 conservative rabbi says, yeah, you know, we had ants too. And we wanted to do like these safe traps, but they kept crawling out of the traps. They kept coming back, even though we, we sent them out. And okay. then the uh, reform rabbi says, yeah. oh, you know what I did? I bar mitzvahed all of them and they never came back at all. The next day they were gone. Never showed up at the synagogue ever again. Right, Once you just bar mitzvahed them. Yep. I get it. That's reform people. But they do come for, for uh, uh, Passover and Yom Kippur, and right? Don't they? Yeah. Come for... Who, what, the ants or Elijah? No, the <laughs> reform Jews. Oh, yeah. No, it's just a different time. It's all, yeah, it's, it's all good, Carl. Look, Mommy, I got this ridiculous triangle case. <laughs> I thought he was going to pull out his heroin needle. Now look oh, at that. Oh, we got a present for her. All right, don't look. It says, I love you, Mommy. Yeah. Now he goes, did you steal? Watch wow. this interstitial. Jackie. Okay, diamonds with stones in it. You didn't do anything wrong, did you, Jackie? Jackie. Jakey. J-A-K-I-E. Look, you ain't heard nothing yet. You see that? Weird. They used the interstitial for that, too? Now, look. Didn't his picture used to hang there? What the fuck, Mom? Right. That's how he saw ass hurt, ass sore, eight-year-old, 13-year-old version of him. Oh, right. He's, he doesn't exist here anymore. He fucks with my picture. Jockey. It's sad. It's sad. He doesn't have a son anymore, so why would he put up the picture of his son? Now, in real life, that dad is only six years older than him. He is older than him, but, you know, he couldn't have had a kid at six. Get typecast as an old guy, and that's it. Boom. Pow. I'm trying to think, like, was Al Jolson, like, relevant in the 60s? Yeah. 60s? Like, uh... like, at what point did we started picking up on him for pop culture-wise, right? Like, did he have a show in the 50s? Well, I got a... No, not really. He went away. I gotta. I'm gonna tell you about it, but not right now. Turn up the okay. sound now, because this is this is the big one. Now you'll know this song. Look at him emoting. He bats his eyes at you. Yeah. He's just like, I'm fooling around, I'm fucking around, you know it, I'm having a fun time. He's, he's crooning-ish. Yeah. It's, yeah. Blue sky. Now, check out this great dialogue. It was ad libbed or they had one take. Can you give me something? <laughs> You'll never guess. Mama. Now look, he's gonna steal something. Something sets me here. If I'm a success in this show, well, we're gonna move from here. 
Now the Bronx was suburbia then. Really? Uh, birds, gold birds, suburbs. Suburbs. Is that a Jewish suburb, a suburb? Goldberg. Listen to this. What do you mean, no? Just you wear pink or else. Or else you wear pink. Oh, I'm going to take you to Corey Island. Yes, we're going to ride on a shoot and shoot. Now listen to this. That's the tunnel of love. Now, Mama, Mama, stop. Even going to say stop and the music will go back to a silent film. <laughs> I heard that. You won't hear and, anything anymore. Now look, they'll get up again. Watch. You see how they just got up? There's a glitch yeah. in the matrix. They get up again. Yeah. What? What, what the is the matrix, fuck? Carl? The Matrix, if you don't know what the Matrix is, you just follow the blue bunny. Okay. Look, I got these two pills. Take the red pill, and everything goes back to normal. Take the blue pill, and you're going to be stoned out your mind! Give me the blue pill, motherfucker. <laughs> it's an acid peyote mix. Carl, don't forget, I don't know when we're going to be airing this, but March 26th, John Wick Chapter 4, his theaters. Oh, that's a long COVID, but now it's finally here. Thank goodness. I can still wait. I can absolutely wait. <laughs> you can still wait. Now, how dare you bring that fucking jazz in this fucking house? Right. What an insult. That's a very famous old song. It's not, it's a classical tune. I, I don't know who wrote it. Yeah, this song, I know this song. Again, you know, this song is used in, like, Monty Python. We exactly. interrupt. We're sorry to interrupt. We're sorry to interrupt the interruption of the interruption. <laughs> and now okay. we return without interruption. So he's basically saying, look, hey, you don't want to be a cantor. Five generations were a cantor. And he goes, look, I'm sorry. I, I This is, you know, you grew up in the old country. I didn't. I grew up here. You'd feel the same way. This is another day. Kind of a good point, I guess. Even though he's betraying five generations of canters, yeah. it's a heavy load. This guy was a Swedish actor. Um, he was American, but he's from Sweden. He would, did a bunch of uh, Broadway stuff and film, but he was always known as the um, Chinese character. He played Doctor Fu Manchu. He played Harry Chang in Shanghai Express, and oh. for sixteen films, he played Charlie Chan. Unbelievable. No, he goes, oh. many happy returns of the day. He got him. What do you think he got him for, for his birthday? A phonograph? A prayer shawl. Oh, ah. Oh, sorry. Hi. I feel like this. Ah. Moisha. Hi. 
Now, the the father doesn't take it. He's all butthurt and just what you needed. There's some guys at Gimbal who sold four prayer shawls in one day. He's just like, I love it. <laughs> hi, can, can I help you? Yeah, hi, my friend the rabbi is birth, 60th birthday is coming. I don't know what to get him. I want to get him something unique. Unique, you say? Well, I was just <laughs> telling, I mean, I have an I'd shawl for you. <laughs> so Al Jolson died early and he was not really very relevant. He died in 1950. He was only um 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 64 years old. That's not so early, but it is early. Yeah. And in the 20s he was one of the greatest, you know, like most famous and highest paid stars. This was he was self-built, self-built. It's the world's greatest entertainer. Uh, you, you know, I think I think I think I've seen his gravestone. Let me write this down. Al mm -hmm. Jolson Tomb. Two 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 D. Goodbye. Nope. Hillside <laughs> Memorial Park in Los Angeles is where gotcha. Al Jolson's gigantic mausoleum it's not even a mausoleum it is a i'm looking at the picture right now because why don't you go there and film why you should watch the next lwaflmoyt that's right hey coming up we'll be watching the jazz singer with sorry al jolson who's right behind me right mm -hmm. yeah Look i'm here he is there if you were a jerk you could dig him up really seriously you could and say, we're doing you on the next podcast. Oh, oh yeah. You know, I could go virtual. I could say, uh, hi, my name is Mike, and this is called Exhuming Al Jolson from Hillside <laughs> Memorial Park. Do you, do you? No, do you, do you, do but it's do huge. You. It's like, it's the weirdest thing. Like, uh, I, I, I've seen it before. So that's kind of strange. Now, the that's guy cool. who directed this, Nate, his name's Alan Crossland. And his grave, he only died, he died at 41 because there was a car accident. But his oh. grave was unmarked. 67 years later, in 2003, they donated a headstone. He had an unmarked grave, this director. Oh, my God. Yeah. Huh. Okay, so now he's in New York, and the rehearsals are going, and they're in good form. But... The show's not so great. It's really Al Jolson who's saving it. Jackie Robbins who's Look saving it. Look at the dance number is cool. Okay, so I keep bringing this up, but I guess my beef is that when we have movie, when the culture at the time when movies were out, where people would go see live shows as part of the right. entertainment, right? And there was a film, and they're showing you the live entertainment. They could do it as a voyeur, like as an audience member, like you get to see a live show as a theater, or you have a behind the scenes like drama like right now. Right, right now. But I think this movie handles it really well. Like, the mm -hmm. story kind of is more predominant than the show stuff. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. I don't know. Well, there's I get a little weirded out by that. Well, you're going to get weirded out because there's a lot of backstage stuff here in which, like, they're appealing to him. Well, I won't ruin I kind of want to ruin it. Oh, there's Mary. I thought we'd never see her again. Right. Oh, she left her hat here. She had to go pick it up. So now we find out Mary's the one who recommended him for the New York show. 
that separated him from his current entourage is then yeah unless they're in chicago and i've got no they're definitely no in they're in new york this is the yeah. he went home i don't know how mary got from her chicago review to new york but she has and she's gotten al jolson the job <clears throat> do, 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 goodbye he goes hey what do you say mary Oh, oh, does he talk? Love of my life. No. God, who holds their hat like that? What do you mean all the time back then? It's like ten and two, but two hands like. Oh. Look, <laughs> everything was different. Look at his hair; it's all greasy. It's greased, uh, but everybody's is. And right. he's wearing lipstick, but that's because he's in a movie, you know. Um, but still, the, the button's all the way tight to the top with the, you know, it's, it was just a different time. <clears throat> That's like, we saw that 1936 movie and their vision of the future, that with their, um, their vision of the future, they were still their 1930s hairstyles and sure. style of dress, even though it was moderned up. Oh, then it's you I gotta be thankful for. That's right. Yeah. We're gonna do a reverse me too, buddy. Oh, is he gonna approach him? Yeah. Welcome to the show. I'm uh, sorry you have to bang her to get the role. <laughs> You've got a hard spot to fill. This isn't gonna be easy. That's all right. You need to see my toot toot tootsie. Oh no, that's that's yesterday new toot toot tootsie goodbye. <laughs> you think Tootsie Roll came from that? Uh, Tootsie Roll, I wouldn't know. Tootsie, yeah, maybe. maybe. I bet you there's some history I'm... here. If only we had some sort of search engine that we could just, you know, because I don't have time to go to the library. I don't have time. Oh, the library's going to close in about two hours. So if we wrap this movie up, I can probably hit the hay and get there. Oh, I okay. can call Ask the Librarian at 1 900. Oh. What what happened? He's got stiff disease. He's got he's got boring stiff disease. What's going on? Is the rabbi in He needs two women to walk around his bed at all times. He goes, look, 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 it's your no good son. He's, he's gonna be right here tomorrow night, the April. He's got glasses and he puts a spectacle. Oh, no, it's just one guy. He's got that weird. Monocle. Monocle. If Jackie knew his father was sick, he would come. So why don't we go and fucking bug him? And that's what we're going to see now for a lot night. of the film. But he's going to cancel this. You could spoil this. He's going to cancel his opening night to be home with his dad, right? Yeah. If that's the plot. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's a long road to get there. But yes, Michael, yes. That now, are we going to eat our cake and then have our cake? Are we going to see him perform and then he's going to run home? Yes, and that's right. There's, yeah. there's a dress rehearsal, and this will be our opportunity to see him perform. And then, yeah, for the actual. But the thing is, it's just opening night. Now, the thing is, you know how much money is invested 
Uh, I mean, oh, sure. tens of dollars, tens of dollars they put into this. <laughs> and then they're going to have to cancel their opening night. I mean, Ugh. they stand to lose 1850. So anyway, well, you know, equivalent today's money, he really is going to sort of screw them because their opening night, you know, that's when I'm sure it was a sold out house. So he, professionally, he's fucking himself over because he's leaving right. opening night. Romantically, he's he's screwing the pooch because yeah. she got him there. Yeah. They're really in love, and now he's gonna walk out of her. But however, it's for family, which right. which That's at least true. she should understand. So she'll come back in the end. She will understand. Now look, in uh, he was the first. Al Jolson was the first to entertain the troops in World War II. <laughs> Look at you. You don't belong. Uh, he was the no, first but I thought it was funny. Like, he stared at the legs of these, like... Uh... Yeah. Yeah. So when he's going to have an awkward scene with that lady right there. You see the lady sitting there when yeah. he... when he le I, I don't get that. Like It says no smoking. He thought the sign says, said no smoking. Who's, who's smoking? Okay. The actor. Hector, what the fuck you say? Jack Robin. Okay, now when the guy walks away, watch his interaction with the cute girl. Okay, I'm watching the cute girl right now. Eyes are on her. Ooh. Mm -hmm. And she's still checking him out. Noodleson. So anyway, you know our guy. He's not going to take some bullshit like sorry. So he just bullies his way up there and he goes, Jackie! Hey, Robin Witch. No, no, Robin, Robin. Mary doesn't like it. Mary, don't, what the right. fuck is this? This interloper. Tomorrow's the Day of Atonement. I think he's saying this. Okay, so as I said, he was the first to entertain the troops in World War II. So in 1950, he was also the first to entertain the GIs in Korea. He says he performed 42 shows in 16 days. 16 days, 42 shows. Do the math. How is that possible? He, he died weeks after returning from the to the U.S., partially, partly owning, owing to the physical exhaustion from that performance schedule. So he died wow. at 64. He was old. But the he army did, killed him. Kind of. I mean, if he did two shows a day, that's only 32 shows. He did an extra 10. So there was days with three shows, like weekends. Isn't that always? I mean, there's a matinee show we just saw here of a rabbi singing, a cantor singing. I guess, yeah, when you're in your 30s, but, you know, I don't know. Right. Now, it doesn't really say how he died. He was just sort of died. Well, I'm sure he got shot in by soldiers trying to fight a war and have to stop and listen to <laughs> Al Jolson. He was shot 1,700 um, times. Every time he performed, he was assassinated. I killed. No, you got killed. No, you. No, they shot you. All right, that's terrible to say. I have no idea. It is. Should not make fun of that. And war. So, like I said, this this kibitzer was in Laurel and Hardy's short, Your Darn Tootin. Now, he was in 120 films, but that's his biggest credit, a short. Uh, probably a famous one. Yeah. Probably. I don't really know. 
you know, he probably gave something to Laurel and then the Hardy handed it, gave it to Hardy and then Hardy gave it to Laurel and Laurel gave it to him, you know. Now, Dad's sick, so he can't sing tonight. And it's fucking Yom Kippur, goddammit. So he's saying, you gotta sing. Right. The first Rabinowitz in five generations to fail your God. Well, you know how to... <laughs> Honestly, this, this, this is like unfair. Like, he, of course he has to go to the synagogue. Of course yeah, he got to go right. to the synagogue. The show must go on. Must go on. That's our religion. Oh, wait. Is he going to put on blackface on Yom Kippur? Yeah. Yeah, he is. Uh, now, you ain't heard nothing yet. Al Jolson's famous line was an ad lib. The intention was that the film should only have synchronized music and not speech. But Jolson dropped that line, which he always used in his stage act. You ain't heard nothing yet. And the director just left it in. And that's really changed. You know, this is a talkie. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You ain't heard nothing yet. It was a well-established stage patter, the internet calls it, of Jolson's. Um, he did it in a film called A Plantation Act in 1926. He had, you know, I mean, it wasn't with sound, but you could see his lips. He said, you ain't it. So anyway, the line became a like a, an all-in joke after a while. In 1818, in a concert celebrating World War One, he ran on and said that. Um, admit the... The applause of a preceding performer. So he said, you ain't heard nothing that you're like, forget that guy. It's my uh, turn. Last week. The following year, he recorded the song, you ain't heard nothing yet. So it became a song. He's really sick. Well, he's acting like he's sick. He hasn't left the bed since for the last 20 minutes. <laughs> He just looks a little tired. <sighs> you know it wouldn't help if he like shaved his beard and you know got a little, maybe a little took a shower. That's gonna help him to clean his shave his beard and take a shower. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and like that hat, man. He's had that hat on for like the last eight years. Oh my god, girl. Yeah, he should clean his act up. I agree. Oh, here you go. You oh, there's a good these. start. Look at him crying. He's like yeah, missing his son. He, said, he dreamed of his son singing, and then he says some... Uh, that would be forgiven. Now, if you were a screenwriter, Carl, what would your third act be? He's racing back to sing for Yom Kippur, but uh, there's a car accident. Or yeah. the woman for the first act shows up, this time with a pistol. Right, right. Yeah, you would need some sort of uh, foil character who, you know, prevents them. Like maybe Moisha was a kibitzer, but like it wasn't with the nice, friendly way he does it. Like, oh, yeah. he's trying to get to his father. He goes, No, you betrayed your God. You can't redeem yourself now. I guess this play is what's holding him back. Oh, it's bad news. Bad news, I tell you. Okay, now we're going to get some funny jokes. He's going to bonk that guy's hand. Thanks. Some 
you can't you can't get a singer on this guy says he should sing yeah funny 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 you can't even talk it I could totally sing it. Like I know the first six words of every prayer, and then I could just kind of mumble. Sometimes I'll hear the first word. I go, "Oh, I know this one." Other times, I'm like, eh, maybe I need to hear another couple words. He goes, "Some there it is. Fine chairman, you are. Let the sun be setting with no canter." He goes, "I should yeah, they... stop the sun from setting." <laughs> yeah. there you go and that's it that's the last funny thing in this movie now it's the, the funny well he we will get, get to hear it. it's it's pretty funny look at that oh what a racket <laughs> let's play tennis and dance with our the show is weak look at that jazz singer Oh, this this is a great show. Our headliner, Flaky McFlake Flake, will be coming up. <laughs> Can't wait. Why do they call him all Flaky McFlake Flake? Now, he's going to do the performance, but he's kind of sad about it, you know? He knows what he's doing by refusing. And now, so he's kind of sad about it because his dad is sick. His dad's a rabbi. It's that thing is a, ra a rabbi on Yom Kippur, and they don't have anyone in five generations to sing Kol Nidre. And right. it's down the street. Okay. And it's really close by. Yeah. Now yeah. he's going to do the most horrible thing ever and ruin his nice thing of being the first talkie. And he's going to get in blackface and just ruin it. Right. I know. This was well, let's, such a nice... even, We were watching a nice Jewish film with Jewish jokes, right. and Jewish music, and now he puts blackface on. Now you know that there was serious anti-Semitism back in the day, and it's great that this film is. It's right. like there is no anti-Semitism, you know, and. Oh, he you gets know. the ears. God, it's so weird watching him do this, to be honest with you. Yeah. Like the technique, got the back of the neck. Right. He, yeah, he did his ears like that, like making sure he touches every part. You miss uh, a little forehead there, buddy. Oh, so it's queasy. It's a little queasy. It's very ugly how the lips aren't done. Right. Now, do you think Mickey Mouse is a minstrel variation? Look at that. Uh, yeah. It's even worse. Is it going to be a glitch in the Matrix? We're going to watch this scene. Uh, they sees his mom. She's afraid. I'm worried you're afraid. Now, Mary wants him to do the show, but at the same time, she knows it's his choice, you know? He belongs to She must go on. Yeah. 
Now, the guy, okay, the author, right? There was an author who made a book. Uh, that's <clears throat> what this all comes from. In 1917, this guy, Ralphinson, native of New York City's Lower East Side, he, he was in Champlain, Illinois, and he saw Al Jolson perform uh, for a musical called Robinson Crusoe. He just, he loved it. I'll never forget the first five minutes of Jolson. His veracity, his amazing fluidity, which he shifted from, well, blah, blah, blah. He was really talented. So a few <laughs> years later, he wrote a story called The Day of Atonement. It's a short story. And it was about Al Jolson, a Jew named Jackie Rabinowitz based on Jolson's real life. It was published in- Yeah. Now, so I guess he really got to knew, know Al Jolson. <clears throat> 1922, it's published in Everybody's, that's the name of it, magazine. And later he turned it into a stage play with this guy named George Jessel, who was playing Al Jolson's part. Uh, that was um, September 1925, and it became a hit, 303 performances. Called The Jazz Singer. Right. So then when they wanted to make it into a movie, it was George Jessel who got the lead role. So it was a play based on... The short story. Short story that's based on Al Jolson's life. Right, and George Jessel was going to play the lead. It doesn't make sense. What happened? What kind of backstabbing um, Hollywood Warner Brothers, <laughs> Warner Brothers acquired the rights June of 26 with George Jessel signed to a contract. It was going to start May, May, May of 1927, but there was a pay dispute, and George Jessel didn't do the film, so Jolson got the gig. While he was touring in June of 1927, the, they went to New York and did all that B-roll of the crowds we saw. In right. late June, they started filming. They started with the silent stuff first. And in late August, they did the more complex Vitaphone stuff. And then in September, the shooting was done. So I don't know. There's more to this story about why this George Jessel was in the middle. Now this, I mean, this movie has been written about and written about and written about. I mean, it's definitely... I mean, there's a lot of movies I've read about and I always wanted to see, but this one I've yeah. read about a lot and I've never seen it at all. So, so Edith she, doesn't, she doesn't identify herself as mom. So when the guy goes to Al Jolson, he's like, some old lady's here, <laughs> you know? Right. Now, you Looks know, like a, the man who was oh, here in the neighborhood, Yenta. So Mary's like, I'll tell him to go away. And he goes, no, 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 I'll bring him in. And Mary's like, oh, damn. Oh, how embarrassing. Oh, that might be my mom. Bring her in before the black face makeup drips off my face. No, they, they do, you know, like he, she pretends she doesn't recognize her own son. Like she doesn't understand what black face oh, is or something. Does he talk in, he doesn't talk in this, but this, this scene's been parodied all the time. He doesn't talk here. He will, they will do a sound one when he sings on stage in a minute. And he'll say mommy then. Yeah, but it won't be the famous song. She can't recognize her own son, Carl, because he's in blackface. 
Yeah, was that funny, his joke? Like, it's not Jackie, it's his shadow. Yeah. Papa is calling for you, you know? It's like, Mary's like... It's like, come on, Jack! You know, the, the, the dress rehearsal is just as important as the opening show itself. So, <clears throat> he's supposed to be getting ready, but he just keeps hesitating. and gets to the point in which they're like, fucking now! You know. In two hours, it's going to be the day of atonement. It's going to be, you know, Seder. Sa Sabbath? No. How do you say it? Well, it's on Yom Kippur, or yeah. See, it's Yom Kippur. It's not just Sabbath. It's the sundown on Yom Kippur. It's the it's time to start fasting. Right. Yeah, because you can't fast during the day of Yom Kippur. You gotta be. You gotta sit there and pray and atone. Right. You need to. Unless you have a show, and then it's okay to get into blackface and sing. <laughs> Listen, if your mom comes to you backstage and say, don't do this, Carl. Oh, uh, yeah. I sing a song. I'm going to the open mic, mom. This is my no, life. No, the open don't mic. Don't go to the open mic. Don't worry, mom. When I get on stage, I'll talk about you for three minutes. <laughs> Mommy is what I always say. So now the the management are like, fucking now, Jolson. Now. Yeah. Now. Jazz singer, now. now. Come on. Now. Now. Now! Fucking now! <laughs> That's like my boss during the high holidays. I, I gotta call it sick. It's the high holidays. <laughs> Get in here now. Spiegelman, are you high? Boss! It's the high holidays. High holidays. <laughs> it's now they have like a celebration season. about what? Polo? Brocade? <laughs> oh, here we go. Oops. Yeah. It's a mommy song. But it's not our famous one. That'll come a little later. We should listen to all the songs? I don't know. It's up to you. It's in the public domain, but he's not going to talk. He's going to sing. You know, like it never rains, but it pours. It never rains, but it pours. If you're Christian, if you're Christian, if you're right. Jewish, never Yomka rains, but it Yomka once a year, you must atone. I saw that on the kosher salt uh, box. When it you know, rains and young Kapoor's. Yehuda Matzah with their pun, with the uh, joke of the day. Well, because there's ionized salt and there's kosher salt. And the kosher, mm -hmm. and there's that, uh, when it rains and pours was the motto of a salt company, wasn't it? Oh, that's right. Morton. Very funny. That's I right. tried. I tried with the material you provided. It's the material you provided me. This is what made the funny. 
Now, in 1936, it's nine years later, he's going to do Lux Radio Theater, a 60-minute radio adaptation of this movie, and Al Jolson will reprise his role. I don't know. It seems like... 1960. No, 1936. 36. So it's nine years later. So he's singing, and we can't hear her, but she has a card. What? Who has a card? The mother talked, but we, we got a little interstitial for her. But right, so a good. card, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. These songs, like honestly, yeah, you like to listen to songs more than once in your life, right? Like yeah. going and hear it on repeat, maybe a couple times. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, I see. oh, here we go. Ugh. Like it's all very nice, but the blackface ruins it all because it's ruins it all. yeah, because it's ugly. And it. the world was a scummy place that this was. I don't know, but there's all these excuses for it on the internet. Like what the blackface people were trying to do was, you know, uh, put on the. You know, you guys think black people are really good at entertaining, so that's why we're doing it. It wasn't that's just to like fuck with them. I don't know. I guess like the only way I could see this is that the, he debases himself so poorly for the sake of show business that he literally puts himself in this blackface, which is the worst thing he could possibly do. And uh, you know, then realizes like you know, I don't know. It's all very crass. It's a shame because like again, like. For the first half hour of this movie was this pretty strong Jewish film. Very much so. Very yeah. much so. And everything just kind of goes to a crashing halt right now. So now he realizes <clears throat> he's, he's got, got a flake on home. Home. Yeah. And the thing is, he says, no, but your mother reconciled with herself and realized this is your new life. And she's, you know, allowing you, you know, she went home. But but the message came from Mary, so not the mom. No, not the well. The mom really did say that, right in yeah, front of Mary. Yeah. Was, yeah. Uh oh, emote, 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 emote. Emote. Wipe to the next scene. To the mom. Look at she's rocking out. Emoting. Emoting. Goodbye. Now, Don't guess you will come through the door. Uh, is it the Grim Reaper? Oh, it's it's the Reaper. <laughs> now, this film premiered on Yom Kippur. But the thing That's is, you're ridiculous. not supposed to go out on Yom Kippur. Wait a minute. No, that was not intentional, though, was it? This yes, this film's premiere date and time in New York City at eight forty-five p.m. on October six was chosen to coincide with the Yom Kippur holiday, uh, which around much of the film's plot is centered. The world premiere you know, was at the Tower Theater in Los Angeles. 
And at the end, the audience got up on their feet and they said, I'm so hungry. It's been two <laughs> hours since I had anything to eat. Now, during the original release, many cinemas showed the film, showed the film fully silent because they didn't have the equipment. Right. Yeah. That's like me with like HD TV, you know, like the, it'll be cropped wrong because I don't have the TV for it. <laughs> um, they released it in the UK in 1928. Um, Saturday, February 4th, 1928. Ah, it doesn't matter. Um, anyway, weird. the thing is you're not supposed to be out on Yom Kippur. So I don't get why they did that. Like they did it for the Christians. I guess. I guess so, because it's, it's it's calling attention to the holiday and the movie plot. But yeah, no, you don't go out to the movies. <laughs> no, no, that's for Christmas. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so now we're having the father and son reuniting. Which they is... should release this on Christmas Day. This is like the per perfect Christmas Day movie. Yeah, that's for all the uh, Jewish people go to the movies or go right. see It'll be fine, Papa. Yeah, he should be singing right now. He, so he says he'll soon be all right, but we don't know if that's the truth. He could very well die. Now, we don't see the film ends before he dies, but come on, he's sick in bed. Is he listening to the... Uh, he can't listen to the radio because you can't have the radio on during the high holidays either. Like, at least if it was Jackie Robinson or it was a baseball player and the guy was in mm -hmm. bed. You could hear the game and like hear the home right. run being made. Not on Yom Kippur. Now, sound nearly doubled the budget of a film. That's one of the reasons why Hollywood didn't just switch. Also, the theaters themselves had like a conversion cost that was hard, you know. Like MGM owned like over a hundred, uh, a thousand out, uh, outlets, and they did a slow like wait and see rollout. Um, so in the midst of the talkie craze, studio bosses faced with limited amount of sound equipment and qualified right. sound technicians, leaving them headaches over productions, talkies versus silent. And silence were internationally marketable very cheap because it's just a different language. You just write it. Um, Low-budget producers of Westerns were impacted with silence coming, you know, it, up until 1930, the these Westerns were silent. Many studios continue to produce both silent and sound version of their films, including the, the classic All's Quiet on the Western Front, 1930. Oh, I didn't realize it was that was silent and in and audio. Both. Yeah. Okay, now Mary's, you know, it's still not over. They're still like, come on back, son. There has to be this. I mean, we had it the one way. Should I go? Should I go? Should I go? Right. Okay, I'm gonna go. And now we're gonna get in, should I stay? Should one. I stay? Oh, I, I see, yeah. Funny she is, man. You'll queer yourself on Broadway. You'll never get another job. Uh, half of Broadway is queer, boss. And they're working. <laughs> All right. I got to light the menorah. Wait a minute. This is not the menorah. No. I mean, she is a menorah T. 
<laughs> Alright, bravo. Alright, speaking of today, I'll give it my life. It's a brick of my mother's heart. I talk yeah, to the side of my mouth. I croon like this. <laughs> Pitching my voice over to you. Now, it makes sense they're back here because opening night is like minutes away. 45. Well, first off, they should not have opening night on Yom Kippur either. Like, we're complaining about the movie actually opening on Yom Kippur. This whole point of this show is takes place on Yom Kippur. No, but I mean, it was Christian. It was a Christian world, right? I mean, sure, there was other... I mean, pretty much Judaism was there, especially if it's a Christian, in if, there's a, if the story is about Jews and it's a Christian right. world, then why not premiere it on the this holiday that the movie's about? The, you know, does it affect you? Well, that's what I was saying before. Like, why did yeah. they do that? Because of the Christians, you know? I right, because the Christian audience who's going to see this. But it, I think it, they, it, it, they might have had a misunderstanding about what Yom Kippur was all about. Well, you know, it was if it was Yom Kippur weekend, when once the sun sets and you could eat, you could go to the theater and be like, one ticket and six bags of popcorn, please. Yeah. <laughs> this was the top grossing film of 1927. It was produced by Warner Brothers. It was produced by Daryl Zanuck. It was distributed by Warner's Brothers. It was released on October 6, 1927. It's 89 minutes running time. It's 96 with exit and overture music. It has six songs performed by Al Jolson. And Zanuck, the producer, won an Oscar. It was an honorary Oscar for producing the film. It was the first Academy Awards. We're getting that a lot because we're doing 1927. That's right. Well, the first Academy Awards, 1927, Wings was the first winner. Yeah. Yes. They really like Thomas Hayden Church's right. deadpan delivery. It was really the wrong format for a Oscar, but they did it. Oh, April Follies with Mary Dale and Jack Robin. It's open tonight. Let's go. Wait a minute. Is is Young Kippur in April? I guess so. Yes, yes, definitely. Michael. <laughs> did you know this play closed in a month? I'll edit that out. No, I won't. What wait, wait. April Follies. It only lasted twenty uh, four weeks. April Fools. Ladies and gentlemen, there will be no performance this evening. So screw off. We want our money back. Fuck your money. Right here with your money. You get lost. But you can you sit here and play on your phone. It's because you're on your cell phones all night. Jam off. You saw Jack and Jill, right? With uh... Of course. Right. So... Remember how mad Al Pacino gets when somebody's cell phone rings? He's doing his play. And then later, he gets mad again, but it was his phone. And oh, then right. he takes the call. Oh, he was all over the place. Classic. He feels better now? Well, I don't know. Well, that's good. Come on, let's have an interstitial, please. What's going on here? Now, I saw this film. This is the fourth time, but... Oh, I didn't realize they're saying. Now, here is a very impassioned Colinar, or whatever it's called, by Jackie. There he is. But it's a silent. It's not a sync. Look how happy Dad is. Mm. 
know, the Bible on the left got ripped. That's the Torah. Oh, he hears it. Yes, yeah, they opened the window for him. We have our son again. It paid off that I was a jerk. Oh no! Uh oh! Uh oh! Sleepy, sleepy, dad. So sleepy. Oh. Now look, his eyes are open. Look, see how they're acting like he's dead. His eyes were open at the end, and the internet didn't say that wasn't on. Purpose. He's breathing. He's breathing right now. You can see him breathe. Yeah. So I don't understand. I don't think he's dead. I think we end this film. With, I don't know the answer. It's gonna end on a prayer. Wait, you see the Bible there on the left, Mike? You see the yes, rip? I see it got ripped. It, that's the Torah. It got Torah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> Who Torah? Tell me, who Torah? That's the Ripa. They're reading from the Ripa. I mean, I mean the Torah. Now look, she says a jazz singer singing to his God. She's on board. You know what I mean? She's, and so is he. You know, I mean, maybe they finally realized how that they were going to have an opening night and have a rabbinical son. Perform on the on the eve of Yom Kippur. Now those are the same hats that they wear today, contemporarily at White Castle. And, you know that's what they told me at White Castle too. That's interesting trivia. It's out in their cups, their coffee mug. There we go. Finally. Right now, time has passed, and he didn't get fired. He just missed the opening night. Oh no, here he goes. Oh boy. Yeah, now we get Mammy. And there's Mammy. Oh yeah. Oh, here he goes. Mammy. Slip shines west, but I know where. Sunshine's past. I can't. I can't. Killing me. It's so bittersweet how this nice film gets wrecked. He's wearing gloves. Are those his right hands? Yeah, I mean, honestly, and I hate to interrupt this, I guess, but there's a lot more to this than I need to know. I mean, like, this movie's been around for decades, for almost 100 years. There's got to be plenty of writings on this that i can just kind of get a little more background about it and mm -hmm. you know just but you know part of it reading about it is seeing it and that's what we're doing right now it's not really great i'm not mary loves it the other guys are bored in the audience. You see yeah, their, their right. feet tapping? Right. I was looking at that guy. How many times can you listen to this song in a row? Well, what do you mean? This is our first. Well, let's say you have the 45, right? You put it on and like seven minutes of him going, Mammy. And then you like put on the B side and it's like the instrumental or, you know, it's yeah, like something. Right. 
You put the A side back on? Nah. Probably play if the B side. You got a 45 and you just got it? Yes. You probably listened to it all night and your your dad is like, turn that off, you punk. Turn that 78 off. I can't. I don't know how it works. All right. The WBN. We bend. We bend. Now we got to listen to this. Now, Alice you know that. Music. Right. But I Dude, think it sounds me. like. Pardon um, me. What? I'm getting up and leaving the theater. Excuse me, part of me. Okay. Um, do you know the um, that sweet Caroline that's in this exit music? Okay. Wasn't that in the jazz singer in seventies? Wasn't that song "Sweet Caroline"? Maybe "Sweet Caroline," but that's a different yeah, song, right? Uh, yeah, but there's there's themes of it in this music. Oh, I see what you're saying. Probably, I think he ripped off the jazz singer. <laughs> well, the title says he ripped off the jazz singer. Now, in 79, did he wear blackface, Neil Diamond, when he remade this? No, actually, by that time, the tides had changed and blackface was not popular anymore. No. I saw that in the theater. Carl, what did you think of the jazz singer, 1927? I don't know, Mike. I, I, okay, I was blown away that it was sound. Because I got used to watching the silent movies, and we were watching a silent movie. And then he's saying, "You ain't seen nothing yet." That was great. Also, I loved the way he emoted, and you know, I, I liked how he liked Mary. But at the same time, like there was too much. You've got to go to the synagogue. I can't. There was too much back and forth. Like, what am I gonna do? Just make up your mind, dude. It was like fifteen minutes of, is he gonna do it or not? It was poorly written. And then he gets into blackface and puts, you know, I know that was a very common thing or whatever, but the history, uh, it's just like, now I can't like it, you know? Right. Yeah. So I think it had the potential to be a good film, and I think this guy was a great performer. But in the end, the film falls short in its writing and in its execution for, and in historic light, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you. You know, and it's, to watch him actually put the makeup on, it's it's hard. It's it's always hard to watch. So it's yeah. uh, you know, and, and there's some. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. You know, it's. I'm glad we saw it. It's yeah, really, I'm glad we saw it. I would put it as an, out for entertainment, but it's out there in the public domain, and we just saw it on YouTube. It's a piece of history, so yeah, it's better we know it. Yeah, and read up about it, learn learn more. So that's what I, I think I'll do after this. So that's good. Some movies, you know, I read about it and then I see. Some movies I see and then I read about, you know. So that's <laughs> that. Now, Carl, we have a list of movies that we'll be watching in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Do, do you have on the list of next week's movie? Well, I think we shouldn't try to announce it because we don't know. It could be that stowaway to the moon guy it could be yeah, all right. laser yeah. blast it could be what's his name mugsy's women mugsy's girls yeah mugsy's 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 girls. Girls. it could be rosebud beach hotel okay so we got we got a lot of things brewing here in 23 and we want to thank you for watching a movie with us the jazz singer from 1927 and you can if you watch watched it you've seen it us on youtube you watch a lot of YouTube, subscribe to our channel, and it'll be there in the mix. You don't have to watch the whole two hours. You don't even have to watch it. Just subscribe. No, my, no. Podcast people. 
This is a pandering. Don't like big subs. No, we want you to like the show, and that's why you subscribe. Okay, listen. Don't listen to Carl. Send money to P.O. Box. All right, well, anyway, that's been our show. Next week, we'll have another full-length movie here. Make sure you listen to us first on uniradio.fm on Sunday 2 p.m., where you have to find the YouTube and watch the movie, sync it up, or listen to the podcast at your leisure and also sync it up, or just watch the YouTube channel where Carl has already synced up the movie, and we'll be back next week. Thank you, Carl. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. I pulled up to the driveway, turned off the engine, and sat, reluctant to move. Except for the porch light and a light upstairs, the house at the end of the drive was dark. I was glad no one had waited up for me. The house belonged to Rob and Jenna, a couple I knew only slightly. 
My old friend Beth had talked me into coming down here for the weekend, promising a great time at the beach. A few days ago, I had broken up with my lover of two years, and though I was glad of the decision, the loss of Everett made me want to retreat into myself. For a moment, I was tempted to turn around and head home. They would never know I'd been here. I could call tomorrow with some excuse. However, I never did such things, so I got my bag out of the trunk and walked up to the house. The key was under a flower pot, as Jenna had said it would be, along with the note from Beth telling me my bedroom was the first at the top of the stairs. She'd added at the bottom, glad you made it. It'll be a good weekend. I smiled at the reassuring words. I opened the door and walked quietly across the dimly lit living room, past Beth and her lover Kevin, who were asleep on a fold-out couch. Their sleeping faces sent a pang through me. It was hard to look at lovers. My bedroom was warm and close from the heat of the day. From across the hall came the faint thumping bass of a rock song. Someone was awake, but I didn't feel like investigating. I changed into pajamas and opened the window wide. Below me was the backyard. A high fence sheltered a small patio, a strip of lawn, and a swimming pool. I stared at an odd black lump at the side of the pool and decided it was an inner tube. I hadn't seen an inner tube in 10 years, I thought. There was a tap at the door and it swung open. Is the radio too loud? I looked up at a slightly built, barefoot young man wearing a t-shirt and jeans. I guessed he was around 18. No, it's okay, I said. We introduced ourselves. He was Chris, Jenna's cousin. He'd been spending the summer with Rob and Jenna while working at the Marine Center. He wanted to be an oceanographer. This fall, he was starting college in California. Ever been out there? He asked. I shook my head. The coast is incredible. Want to see some pictures I took last year? Sure.
Chris's curly hair was deep brown, almost black, and his skin a light golden brown. His fingers brushed mine as he handed me the pictures. For a moment, I was aware of my breast under the thin pajamas. feelings in men his age were in separate corners of my mind. We talked about California and animals, and then about college. He was surprised to hear that I was an instructor at the university, and he asked about the classes I taught and what I thought of my students. At two o'clock, he said goodnight, and I walked back to my room. His chest was broad. A few dark hairs curled up his belly from the waistband of his suit. I looked down quickly at my book. Aren't you coming in? Chris asked. I don't like swimming in the ocean, I said apologetically. I'm always wondering what's down in the water that I can't see. He hesitated. Well, I guess I'll go in without you then. He ran down to the water with long, easy strides. He ran through the waves, and as a curl of water surged to meet him, he dived under it. I watched the water looking for him. At last, he bobbed up between waves and began to swim in smooth strokes. I turned back to my book. The detective couldn't decide what time the murder had taken place.
Atlas was floating on his back just beyond where the waves were breaking. slowly rocking him. The heat made me feel listless. I lay back and closed my eyes, half listening to the sound of the waves and a barking dog. A panting sound came closer and closer. Water's nice and warm, he gasped. You should try it. No thanks, I said. I found my thrill. Lingering 
lay down on his towel, his smooth brown back moving slightly as his breathing calmed. Drops of water, iridescent in the sun, hung on his curls. I wanted to scatter them with my hand. Instead, I jerked myself upright. I'm going for a walk, I said. See you later. I walked off down the beach, my blood pounding. The year I had first lived with a man, this Chris was probably learning to ride a tricycle. I had never been excited by a man this young, and I couldn't imagine him being excited by me. When I was his age, I had never desired anyone older. I decided that neither Chris nor anyone else would learn of my attraction.
afternoon, my body told me of his presence. He sat next to me on the trip home. The shoulder that touched his, the arm and thigh and knee that were next to him knew his every move. At dinner, I watched his full lips as he talked, and my own parted expectantly. As I rose to go to bed, I felt a witness between my legs. Chris caught up with me on my way up the stairs, Want to go for a drive or something? He's...
felt so deceitfully messy with my hidden thoughts and sticky crotch. I couldn't believe he was offering what my body wanted. I don't think so, Chris, I said. I'm pretty tired. Guess it is kind of late, he said. See you tomorrow. Good night. the door to my room and felt like crying. I got into bed with my detective novel. I didn't want to think about Chris or anything else. I kept squirming under the sheet, my body warm and restless. I read, wishing the story would speed up. I kept squirming under the sheet, my body warm and restless. Wishing the story would speed up. The detective still hadn't figured out when the damn murder had taken place. I kept squirming under the sheet, my body warm and restless. Finally, I sighed, turned out the light, and began stroking a familiar path between my thighs. I let my fingers drift upward across my stomach and up my chest. My fingertips teased my nipples, caressing them to stiffness. I opened my eyes to see the light from his room and framing my door. Then I shut them and let my hand begin to comb through a tangle of pubic hair. My mind roamed swiftly through a catalog of fantasies, selecting the ravishment. The fingers became a probing tongue, hot breath surrounding it, sending a fire through my thicket of hair. A hand reached from behind me to play endlessly with my breasts. Another greedy tongue stroked and sucked and pushed my own. The image of Chris's face intruded, 
his lashes blackly wet as he bent over a towel. rubbed against my ass, throbbing at the feel of my skin. A woman's nipples, teasingly erect, nuzzled mine. The tongue of my vulva probed my side of my clit. I imagined Chris at the doorway, watching my ravishment hungrily.
happy. I'm going to rock the I'm going to be there. I know it's going to chill out. I'm going to be there. Bitch, be. You know what I'm saying? Come on, give me a little soul clap. Let's have a little fun. Here we go. Man, I rock New York City all years around, and my name is known all over the town. Y'all people here love the way I run my game. They can't wait. To see me make the Hall of Fame. Busy B is my name, and that's a fact. And you can't beat that with a stick bar back. Where well, ladies a lot, young ladies galore. It's one and all I do adore. Cause the way y'all talk and the way y'all smile, y'all come to the parties in executive style. So it makes no sense to just stand around. Come on, young ladies, and let's all get down and have a ball, y'all. so young I felt so deceitful and messy with my hidden thoughts and sticky crotch detail of our physical description our vulnerability and the often confessional quality of our speech in this Yo, new man, territory. Yo, man, we gonna go to the amphitheater and rock them, man. You know All what right, I'm right. saying? 
Ain't nothing to it but to do it. You know it, man. You know, because we going to rock them, man, because we got the fresh stuff. You know, you know it. what I'm saying? You know that. You know Here's a little story that must be told. About two cool brothers that were put on hold. They tried to hold us back for fortune and fame. They destroyed the crew and they killed the name. They, they tried to step on the ego and walk on the pride. But true blue brothers, brothers stand side by side through. Thick and thin from beginning to end. This battle we lost. But the war will win. Cause double, double trouble is in the house. I'm cake and rock and rock. See, we'll, we'll turn, turn it out. Well, I'm cake and rock well cause I raise a lot of hell. I love to make love to the judge of females. Yeah, yeah. And down with the crew for well, I'm literally right to see and yeah, I aim uh, to please. I want yeah. my name to go down in history. I want to be greater than George Washington. Because yeah. I can rock any party from sun to sun. And together, forever, we're, we're number one. one. Double, double trouble, trouble is in the house. Don't you know double trouble's going to turn it out, y'all? Double trouble, double trouble, double double trouble, trouble, double trouble, double trouble, double double trouble, trouble. Yeah, this is the Big Bopper speaking. Chantilly lace and a pretty face and a ponytail hanging down, wiggling a walk and a giggling a talk. Make the world go round. There ain't nothing in the world like a big-eyed girl to make me act so funny, make me spend my money, make me feel real loose like a long-necked goose, like a girl. Oh, baby, that's the one I like. What's that, baby? But, but.
Till it dies.